Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with my friend, Lisa Hilton today. Wow, you're gonna learn so much about what courageousness, what drive, and what being conservative all in one can mean for your real estate business. What also the journey of entrepreneurship can mean and the story of her experience of leaping from a, perhaps in some ways, a certain career, a safe career into an uncertain, perhaps feeling unsafe, but also giving herself so much possibilities for a huge, massive future. I want to encourage you to really listen closely because not only can this story really enlighten you, but also encourage you and open you up to the possibilities of what's possible when you push beyond fear. We talk about fear a lot on this podcast, but I think that you're really going to align with this. And Lisa is such an awesome, awesome person. In this episode, you're going to learn so much. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal growth for high-performing real estate investors. Today is no different. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a professional real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time Let's raise the bar. Before we dive in, I want to encourage you to give us a five-star review, give us a rating, so forth, and subscribe. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, YouTube, you name it, because we're all over the place and we're going to continue to bring massive value. Also, the fee for listening today, by the way, it's 100% free. All you have to do is pay it forward and share this episode with someone that you care about. Um, because that's what it's all about. You know, if we added value to you, we'd love if you could just share this with someone else, send them a quick text message. Here's the link. You got to listen to this show. It's so valuable. Here's what I learned. Here's my takeaway. That's all I can encourage you to do, whether it's someone that you know, whether it's someone that you work with, whether it's someone in your family, maybe it's someone that you just met, share this with a friend. If you've already shared Elevate with someone, Go ahead and do that again, because that's the fee for listening today. Also, by the way, if you want to be an overachiever, all you have to do is just share this on social media with someone that you care about. Also engage with us on social media because, uh, you know, we love it. And uh, I'm here to, to connect with you. I'm here to continue to bring value to you. I am so grateful to have this opportunity. So I want to dive in. I want to introduce you to Lisa Hilton who, when she discovered passive real estate investing, it opened a door of opportunities she didn't even know existed. She had been juggling the demands of a high pressure career and investing in real estate on her own. She had no idea there was an easier way to invest and that didn't require all of her time and sole responsibility. So then a colleague of hers introduced her to passive real estate investing. The light then went on because what she realized was that there's an easier way. This experience also helped her realize that so many opportunities that we get in life come down to being in an environment that educates and inspires us. 
So that's why she's on a mission to empower people around the world to generate smart passive income through real estate investments so that you can get started sooner, achieve financial freedom faster and create the life you desire. And so I just really love, um, you know, this conversation with Lisa because she is really showing us what's possible and she's opening our minds to new possibilities. And she's also, I think, really connecting and aligning with so many people who have thought about making big leaps or making a big transformation in their professional and their financial lives. And she's showing you the way she's showing you how, and I think that's so inspiring. So I want to encourage you to really, really enjoy this awesome conversation with not only the real estate extraordinaire, but also the new entrepreneur, Lisa Hilton. Lisa Hilton, what? <laughs> welcome to Elevate. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm fantastic. I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. What is new in your world? I mean, what are you up to these days? Ah, <laughs> where do we start? All right? the things. Where do we start? <laughs> you know, actually, I, if you don't mind, I would love to lead into this conversation with how we met. So we mm -hmm. met in Colorado. We'd never met each other before. We had no idea who each other were. And we were riding a transport from the Denver airport to Keystone up in the mountains for a conference. Yes. And you and I, I think we're the only people on that transport that were going to the conference. Everybody else was going skiing or doing something fun. You know, we were going to do the nerdy real estate thing for the weekend. But I thought that was really cool. And now we're having a podcast conversation together. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that is so powerful. And that's one of the reasons why it pays to go to conferences because yes. you never know who you meet. And um, those relationships are just amazing. You never know. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm excited to dive into your story today and really get a sense of where you've been, where you're going sure. and what that journey really looks like. But as we dive into this conversation, if you were to describe yourself in the way that your closest friends or family members, you know, would describe you, what would they say about Lisa Hilton? <laughs> <laughs> I think that they would say that I um I think they would say that I'm driven and I am very courageous. Ooh. That's what I think they would say. Um, like and then I think the third thing that they would say is that I'm a little conservative. Okay. So yeah. why would they say that? I mean, what about you brings out those three qualities? Um, so the driven and the courageous, driven in the sense that I have been willing to take big risks in my life, um, you know, coming from a small island going to the University of Georgia, the that university had um, as many people as where I lived and came in. So like the population of just the school was like the population of the, the country that I lived in and I grew up in. And then moving from that to then moving to Boston and then after that coming out here to LA, not knowing anyone and starting a new life out here and, you know, yeah. And then most recently, you know, being willing to leave my six figure job to pursue, a, you know, a business, a real estate investment business, building a business. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's a lot of the courageousness. And then the conservatism, you know, that one, 
you know, sometimes people might think that I could do more riskier things, <laughs> if that's possible, but it is possible. And I just, yeah, I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Well, I think the, the combination of those three factors are amazing. And I yeah. think we're going to get the full essence of that today in our conversation. So give me a little bit more context in terms of your upbringing. Obviously, you just mentioned yeah. it. You grew up in the Cayman Islands. So tell me a little bit about what was that like and, and maybe lead yeah. us into how you kind of were exposed to real estate at an early age as well. Sure. So my mom and my, my, both of my parents are Jamaican. They met in Cayman. Um, and together my parents built 14 apartment units, uh, as when I was a child, pretty much. Um, and my father built these apartments in an area of Cayman at the time that was quite, was still going through development. There was like a whole lot of people living in that area. So it definitely took a lot of vision and determination to make Make that kind of decision. I also say my father was, he did not know how to read or write, but he was a contractor. So he could build with his hands. And that's essentially what he, he used that skill to then be able to create the teams around him to then build the apartments that still stand today. Um, so almost 36 years later. Um, and I'm grateful that he did that because in middle school, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And during that time, he could no longer work. And my mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, so they were, you know, sort of working through the diagnosis. And because he had made those investments that enabled myself and my two younger siblings to continue to go to school um, and then ultimately go off to college. And they always, you know, instilled in us the importance of getting a good education. Um, so getting going to school was a non-negotiable. Um, it was something that you you absolutely had to do and to come out to be able to take care of yourself, you know, just really pushed into you. Uh, so yeah, so that's pretty much how, you know, in terms of my background, after college, I came home, started working um, in public accounting because I went to school for accounting. And shortly thereafter, coming home is when I bought my first place. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who are in their 20s can, or when you were in your 20s, can re relate that, you know, that's a time when people are like, oh, yeah, you should buy a house. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you should buy, you should buy. Like, you know, and that's like everywhere. And I said, yeah, you know, why not? So I found a place that it just so happened I ran a place that I loved and I said oh my goodness this place is gorgeous like I really want to buy it so I bought it and um, after I bought it I thought oh you know I think it should be rented <laughs> <laughs> you know and then you rent it out and it broke even the first year and after that it lost money for a total of six years wow. and during that time when I bought the place you know um, also another lesson is you know people are like, oh, you know, I'm not going to need property management. I'm just going to manage it myself, you know? And when I bought it, I was living in Cayman. I was like, that was my mindset. That's how I thought. And then a year after that happened, after I purchased it, I ended up going to Boston to work. So now I was no longer in Cayman and I would like to hire property management, but I couldn't afford it. So I was now an out of country landlord managing this property from Boston. Wow. And it was definitely challenging um, because my parents, my mom already had her hands full with her properties because they still self-manage them and now adding mine to the list. So 
I held on to it for a total of like almost five to six years. And after I moved to LA is when I got a check in the, like a bill in the mail for over a thousand dollars. The AC company came out um, to answer a service call that my tenant get, you know, sent to them because the AC had broken down and it cost over a grand to fix it. And I was like, wow, this property has got to go. It doesn't make <laughs> any money and it's requiring money. Like, oh my goodness. So I put it on the market, sold it. And after I sold it, I remember telling all of my friends, no more real estate. I'm done. It's finished. Mm. No more. And a year later, uh, I say the universe has a sense of humor because a year later, I ended up taking a job as a controller on private equity real estate funds. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is interesting. But I didn't realize I didn't connect the two. Um, but a friend who was there who was leaving gave notice just as I started, uh, said to me, she was like, Lisa, it's going to take you six months to figure out what you're doing. And then another six months to determine whether you like it or not. And she was right, because in that second six months, I realized, wow, yeah, I can do this work, but I'm not going to stay here forever. So I need to figure out what my next move is. Um, and yeah, that's, it sort of brings me up to where I am today in terms of like getting out there. From there, I started looking at duplexes here in LA, but everything was over a million dollars and needed additional money after you buy it. And I was just like, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> and then turnkey properties, my earlier experience really made me a lot very conservative when I was looking at the numbers. Um, and then about a year or so after that is when I got introduced to syndications in 2019. Made my first investment and never looked back. I love it. I yeah. love it. And and there, there's so much value in listening to your story and understanding your story. One of which I think of is like when you get started, it's like we can either have a blessing or a curse of a home run or a massive challenge. And and I can relate to you in the first deal. I had a lot of challenges. It was negative cash flow and all these different things. And you know, I don't know about you, but Robert Kiyosaki, he never talked about negative cash flow and rich dad, poor dad. And so I know many of the listeners can relate, or maybe they have a fear of that experience. Yeah. But I'm sure you have a ton of wisdom and value and experience, obviously, that you gained from the experience in mm -hmm. itself. But I mean, what what really came to mind in terms of, you know, what you really gained from that experience, whether it was, you know, obviously you learned how to evaluate deals, I'm sure better. You learned yeah. about the mindset of, of management, self-management or otherwise. But what else were some of the values that you brought from that experience? Yeah, you know, I think for me, so some of the key things that I think this entire journey or specifically like buying that first property is one, you know, as you said, the numbers, um, yeah. getting way better at running the numbers and knowing like what to look for, what questions to ask um, yeah. so much more these days than like at that point. Also, you know, coming from a place of like understanding, hey, you know, what are some of the other options that are available to you? Like constantly sort of looking at, is this really the best fit um, for what it is that I'm trying to do? So with that also sort of being able to be open to other people's opinions, but at the end of the day, be able to then make a decision based on what is best for you, based on what your goals are, um, and making sure that that investment aligns with your goals and what you want. So for me, I think it was a very good foundation for the next chapters. Cause since then, you know, I've invested in 
lots of syndications I've invested in about five now from that like that has also given me a lot of experience in terms of like exposure to different operators questions to ask things to think about and that kind of stuff as well I think it's so important to talk about the challenges, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, real estate, it's full of obviously great things. There's so many Mm -hmm. benefits to investing in a great real estate deal, but we have to be aware of the challenges as well. But one thing that really stands out to me is just your resiliency. Obviously in that moment, you're like, I'm never doing real estate again. This is terrible. (laughs) But over time you've proven to be resilient. And obviously you then became exposed to much larger scale real estate funds and so forth from your experience in public accounting and as an auditor. And that gave you a hint to say, well, wait a minute, maybe there was some scale that I didn't experience in my first Mm -hmm. deal. And so now there's something here, right? And so tell me about that experience and sort of your mind opening in that, in that circumstance in your life. Yeah. You know, so I, I remembered before I got introduced to real estate syndications, I remembered going to lunch with some of the folks that I was working at, at my last job. And I was saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to invest in like self-storage facilities and like, you know, and people were like, uh, why would you want to do that? And I was just like, you know, Americans love to store their stuff. (laughs) Like, it's just like, we like to buy a lot of things. So like, of course, and like, yeah, it it didn't land at all. (laughs) Um, and then about a year or so later, I met someone, I was at this personal development program and she was a real estate investor. I didn't know at the time, but after like about six months in the program was finished. And one of the other ladies said, Hey, let's exchange business cards. So we did. And I saw that she was a real estate investor and I said, wow, like, I'd love to learn more about like what you do. Cause I'm really interested in investing in real estate. Um, and she was like, yeah, here's my business card. Call me. And it took about two or three months for me to call her because I dropped her card in my bag and forgot about it. And then I was cleaning out my bag on a staycation here in LA and I saw the card and I was like, oh my goodness, I still haven't called her. Called her and that's when I found out about investing in these larger properties. Um, I always thought it was just like, oh, like this was not something that was possible. Like it was just, you know, institutional investors and big hedge funds and money managers that could do, you know, invest in these types of deals until I, you know, was, until I met her and I was like, wow, like then I got introduced to a whole underworld of like, you know, all these different deals and like, and then I saw self storage deals and I was like, wow, like it is possible. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah. No. And I I had a similar experience myself because I was brokering commercial real estate and I was selling, you know, properties to to investors all over the country and even internationally. And I started to recognize that, you know, there were larger pools of capital that could acquire larger deals, which obviously at the end end of the day, it's all about scale. Right. And and of course, scale and also shared risk and shared, you know, upside and, and, you know, leveraging each other the way that I describe syndication and you may have a different analogy, but the way I describe it is it's almost like if you fly across the country most likely you're not going to be chartering a private plane now if you do of course kudos to you and let's let's go for it but if not you're pooling capital with other passengers to go across the country right you're paying 
five, six, seven hundred. Who who knows what type of uh, dollars we're paying in today's dollars because prices are skyrocketing in every direction. However, you're still not paying you know a hundred thousand dollars like you would if you're private you know charting a private jet. And so you think about that. There's so much shared benefit, right? You can go Mm -hmm. to an outcome. You were talking about outcomes earlier and understanding what is the purpose for my investing and what are my goals because our goals can be different. You know, your goals may be different from mine. But the cool thing is we can find outcomes through a shared opportunity. So, so then you started to see syndication. You're like, all right, I want to participate. I want to leverage my capital. I want to leverage someone else's expertise so that I can get to where I want to go. So tell me about that first experience. Yeah. So that first experience was a 600 unit apartment building in Atlanta. Um, and you know, I looked, (laughs) yeah, that one's huge. I looked at it and I said, Hmm, you know, I, you know, tried to look as much as like one, I liked the market. So the market definitely attracted me. I like the asset class. Um, so the last bit was really, you know, looking at the sponsor to determine whether this sponsor was someone who I felt I could trust because it like, it's not like as though I knew them for a whole ton of time. Right. right? right. Uh, so just doing research on them, sort of seeing and then looking at their portfolio. So being able to see that they did have a portfolio of different assets and that this was something that they were doing and brokering and, you know, managing. So I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to try and invest and see what ends up happening. Yeah. Um, so that particular property, we bought it in the summer of 2019. Uh, it was a class C asset. And uh, as I said, it was in Atlanta. So that particular property was did experience trouble for in COVID. Um, so the NOIs did go down because every quarter that they sent out the PL, I could see the decline in the NOIs. They paused all distrib- operating distributions from like the beginning of 2020. So they didn't do any further operating distributions and they were able to sell that property. So lesson there to me, I think it's like super important to number one, be working with a really good sponsor because some people would continue to try and hold on to the property and try to do whatever to try and get it to perform. But the, this sponsor realized, Hey, we're not, we are in, we're dealing with two things here. Number one, we're unable to execute the business plan as planned because of all the time lost with COVID. Secondly, um, the tenant base that they were working with just was not paying rent. So because they had so much bad debt, like they were just like, okay, you know, the combination of both of these things together is just a, you know, a recipe that they weren't willing to deal with. So luckily the property sold at a 30% gain, um, enabling investors to get their money back as well as with friends. Um, So for that, I'm very appreciative. I did invest in another one in the fall of 2019 as well. Also in Atlanta, that one, two properties, a total of 250 units, and that one is also sold. um, And the money has now come back as well. Uh, That one is like a 25% gain uh, for investors as well. So, yeah. yeah. And so it's definitely, you know, there's no guarantees in real estate. You're always taking risks. Every time you buy an asset, you take a risk um, because you don't know everything. Like it's impossible to know every single thing. 
it's a part of having a business and entrepreneurship is that you don't know everything. And as you run across problems and things, it's like being able to come with it with a problem solving mind to be like, okay, how can I solve this problem and, you know, get through it. That's so important. And I think it's almost a mindset of resilience. We were talking about resilience earlier. Mm -hmm. It's when you take action, you can expect the unexpected to occur, especially mm-hmm. in real estate. It's it's always a moving target, right? And, yeah. and of course, anytime you take a risk, there's a potential for upside, right? There's potential mm-hmm. for reward. So are you willing to give yourself that potential by you know moving forward? Of course, being conservative, as you talked about yeah. earlier, evaluating not only the deal, the market, What is potentially hidden in the future, like a COVID, like a pandemic uh, or other things, you can never really guess about what's around every corner. And if you do try to do that, you're probably going to be in an analysis paralysis position. So I just think it's valuable to illustrate that it's not always perfect, but if you can be malleable, you can be resilient, you can still make decisions that are appropriate. And of course, what you just described there were decisions that were appropriate for that particular asset. There was Mm -hmm. many other assets across the market or across the country that performed extremely well during that period of time. So it's important to note that it's not just a blanket, uh, you know, experience that everyone had, but that particular asset, you know, so I think that's so valuable. And now as you continue to grow, right, you're continuing to not only connect with operators across the country, continue to educate yourself so that while you receive these experiences, right, these in some ways, um, you know, negative experiences that turn to be positive, right? These, right? these give you additional education. But as you've continued to grow, tell me about your focus now. I mean, what, what, what's yeah. your, you know, your investment <laughs> focus, your deal structures, your deal flow, all that kind of stuff. My focus at the moment right now is multifamily. Um, however, my broader focus and like vision in terms of for my business is to be able to create recession resistant funds for investors that enables investors to invest 50K, 100K into a vehicle that gives them exposure to maybe three to four different asset classes that are known to be recession resistant. So they perform well through all periods of the economy, all cycles of the economy. And one of those assets are self-storage, for instance, um, is, is one of them that is definitely known to perform extremely well throughout all the different cycles. And then, you know, the different classes classes of multifamily as well, like being able to have exposure to, you know, having a class B plus, a class B, a class C, because each are going to give like a different return profile because you're taking different risks, yep. um, which is fine. I think um, people should be just cognizant of that when they're looking at returns. It's not necessarily a bad deal. You're not taking as much risk as someone who might be investing in a return, an investment that's returned turning, uh, you know, double digit numbers, higher double digit numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. 
Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I wanna invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I wanna tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. No, that's important, right? Because not every deal is the same. As you just described, the deal that you did in Atlanta, the 600 unit, it experienced some challenges at a part of the market cycle that other deals didn't. So you're inherently experiencing a different type of profile. And so you may have a deal that's very low risk that is very low return because generally higher risk, higher return. And of course, that's just a blanket statement. That's a general statement. It's not true across the board, but I love that. And I love the way that you think about real estate because it is ultimately, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And at the end of the day, it is about the inherent risk that you're assuming for that potential upside. But let's talk a little bit about your journey, because I think it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, you've leaped forward, right? You've continued to make these leaps, right? You've leaped into real estate from the, you know, from a small scale as you began your career out of college, then you leaped into accounting and now you you leaped into being a controller for a real estate fund. Right. And now you've leaped forward again as an entrepreneur. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, you know, each part of the journey requires you to face a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I would say that this current stage has been the largest amount of uncertainty that I have faced to date. Um, because there's the safety net, like, I would say that there isn't necessarily a safety net, but like you could always go and try and get a job, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but you decided so, to leave your job right correct. earlier this year. Yes, in in the middle of you know an ongoing pandemic. Right. But you know, I I believe in contrary. I'm a little bit. I be, I sort of subscribe to a bit of contrarian belief, meaning that like whenever you have people that are like when the overwhelming consensus is to be like, you know, very scared, I think it's the time when you need to start thinking about making bold moves because chances are a lot of other people are not going to be making these kind of bold moves. Um, and it provides opportunity for the people who are willing to be able to say, you know what, in the face of this uncertainty, I'm going to create something that is going to be able to provide opportunities for other people, be it investment opportunities, educational opportunities, or maybe other types of opportunities. Because the thing is, when I say other, people might be thinking, well, what do you mean? What I mean is like, sometimes you have to walk through the door to see the next step. Mm. And you're not gonna see the next step until you take the next step. Um, and that right there is, to me, is very powerful in in one of the reasons I had to make this decision. And 
like it also comes with coaching. Like for mm -hmm. me, being in an environment around other entrepreneurs and being around, you know, really good coaching programs and stuff like that has helped me. Like I would not have gotten to where I'm at right now and continue to continue to play outside of my comfort zone if I didn't um, surround myself with other people who push me to do that and to keep playing at those levels. Yeah, and I, I, I just wanna say that I totally agree with you in terms of taking the next step to see the next step. That is sometimes the case, right? Sometimes you have to burn the boats and you have to commit and move in one direction without having every answer, especially yeah. as an entrepreneur, especially as an investor. Like you're never gonna have 100% clarity but mm -hmm. you have to believe in yourself. It's like going back to earlier, we were talking about courageousness, right? Being driven, courageous and conservative. It's like, you can almost balance these things, yeah. move in that direction. But you were talking about, you know, before we actually got on the show and before we started recording, it's like doing things on a continual basis to support your mindset and push yeah. through limiting beliefs. Like it's almost like that's an encounter that I feel like you are going through. I go through continuously. Many of our listeners, most people in this world, we're, we're face to face with our fears continuously. Mm -hmm. Right. And that like, it's really close. Maybe it's consciously close and maybe it's subconsciously close to many other people who feel like they have the safety net of a of a job and maybe that's a whole another discussion that we could go down mm -hmm. that rabbit hole but tell me about that and 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 what that support of the mindset really looks like and what are you doing to support your mindset on a continual basis yeah for sure so for me meditation um affirmations sometimes i don't have all the words so i youtube you know, good affirmations that like five, 10, 15 minutes that when I wake up in the morning, I can listen to because in the morning is a lot of times when you're scared a lot. Yeah. Um, so like being able to get that stuff in so that way you can show up and keep going. Um, because the more you take action, the more I take action, I can't really speak about anyone else. The more I take action, is the more I see the returns of my actions. And sometimes I'm here, I'm like going through stuff and like I might be creating something or whatever. And it's like, you you might get that moment of weakness where you're just like, ah, oh, you know, maybe it's not gonna work. And then, you know, an email comes in from someone who wants to talk to you about investing or, you know, something that comes up that just supports you to say, hey, this is working, you just need to keep going. Yes. Um, so like, I think that's the powerful thing about this is that um, one other thing I would say for people who are thinking about like making a change in their life is that when you make that change, be prepared to be tested. Oh, yes. Be prepared that life is going to present you with tests, um, either job offers or, you know, things to potentially sway you. And you really have to remember what you like, what your goal is, what your true North Star is to keep going. Um, and I think that is like really important as well in, yeah. in this, you know, equation. That's a really, really good one. Just know that you're going to be tested, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, something that, you know, speak to your weakness of, hey, I'm scared of the uncertainty. So let me take something that's more certain that maybe mm -hmm. has less 
upside that really doesn't serve where I want to go, but it also, it, it protects my, my lower self, so to speak, mm-hmm. my, my scared voice, or like we all have this, it's trying to protect us, which is a right. beautiful thing. It's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to, you know, keep us alive so that we yes. can pass on our genes and so forth. But there's, you know, tests in that direction, but there's also tests in the, you know, wow, this is taking a lot longer than I thought. And mm-hmm. I, this isn't really going the way I expected it to. So how are you answering that test? And I think that's really powerful. So when you decided to mm-hmm. take this leap, I would imagine that it, you came down to understanding your values and really where you wanted to go. And you you decided and you knew that this path not, not only would not be easy, but mm-hmm. it would take you to where you want to go. So was it understanding your values and really what your true north was so that you could make this leap? Or what was that? Yeah, definitely. That was very key into it. Um, I The first thing I looked at was like, could I financially make this kind of decision? Mm-hmm. Um, because I am an accountant, so we do take <laughs> care of numbers. Yeah. Like that's important. Yep. Um, and I do live in LA, so like this is not a cheap city. No doubt. Um, so, you know, the first thing was looking at my numbers and I could see that, okay, you know, I was in a position, both savings and investing that I could make this, I could make this decision. However, um, mindset, uh, that part was really, 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 really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and it cripples, it crippled me for a little while. You know, I made the decision and after I made the decision, I still felt very, I felt scared for many, for many weeks, but I was still showing up and doing all the things, but like, you're scared, Mm -hmm. um, until you get to a place where you're like, you know what? there's no reason to be scared. Like, we're just going to go for it. And we're just going to, you know, we just got to go for it. We can't stay in this place affair um, because we've already made the decision. So, you you know, getting to a place of gratitude, gratitude to being able to make this kind of decision, um, gratitude for being a, in a place in your life where this is possible, uh, because for so many people, it, it isn't it. It's not possible. Um, And then sort of being able, one thing that I said to you before we started was that you can't connect the dot, you can, you can't connect the dots going forward, you can always connect the dots looking back. And it's so true is that, you know, being able to take a look at your skill set and be honest with yourself and sort of say, hey, what can I, based on the gifts that I have in me, what can I then create a business from what I already have, as opposed to trying to create what I don't have, you know, and look at all the things that I don't like, oh, you know, you don't have, like, you've never property managed a property, right? Like, you know, like not getting into all of that, like knowing that you can leverage the skill sets of really good operators and really good people to help you to build the business. Um, And knowing that every business requires you to leverage the skills of other people, Mm -hmm. like either you're building a business and leveraging the skills of other people, or you're working for someone who's leveraging your skills to build their business. Exactly right. Because they, you know, the people who are running the firm I was at, I'm pretty sure they don't know anything about accounting. (laughs) 
They don't know anything about managing funds and like ensuring that the funds balance and all this stuff and calling capital and, you know, providing for the investors all of the reporting that they need in order to be compliant with the law. But they hire people who know how to do that stuff um, and pay them. And they come and they work and they do that work for them so that way they can run their business, which, you know, they then might be good at finding deals or, you know, finding businesses to buy because, you know, they're private equity. So sometimes they're finding businesses to buy or they're finding real estate to buy. Yes. So like, you know, for me, it's like I had to come to terms with that. And as I meet other entrepreneurs today, I always tell them like, you know, even at the highest levels, they're always leveraging other people. So why do you feel that you need to do everything yourself? That is so good. That is so, so good. And and I always think about the, um, the quote or the philosophy that says you're either building someone else's dreams or you're building your dreams. Right. And of course, there are times where you can help someone else go to their dreams and you should be having the abundance mindset of, hey, when I right. help someone else, when I add value to other people, that also adds value to my own life. And of course, it's not about receiving, but it's about giving and having that long-term mindset. I think that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. But also even just thinking back to like some of the the beliefs, right? The limiting beliefs that say, mm-hmm. hey, if I, if I make this leap, then I might fail. Or if I quit my job, then I might lose all my money. And I might, you know, I might default on my credit cards. I might go bankrupt and all these things. But how about this? Like the switch of, if I try, I might succeed and I might create massive abundance and I might live the life of my dreams. So what's holding you back? And like you, you continue to face these limiting beliefs on a consistent basis as well as I'm sure, Mm -hmm. right? Like I do, right? So, so what else? I mean, what other sort of tactics or or tricks or, or hacks do you use to really get underneath that and change the story? Is there anything that you would point to? I still come down to like having the right people around you. Yeah. Like I have, I also have a weekly accountability meeting. So like every Monday, I read this book that called the 12 week year. And then it just so happened that the people who needed to be in it just showed up. Mm. And I just asked them, Hey, would you like to be in this, you know, 12 week year? And I, I just keep it really small. And, you know, I just focus on three goals and I have my tactics for those three goals. And I keep showing up for them and like being able to come back to that group of just three to four people every week, every Monday helps me to keep showing up because the journey for entrepreneurship can be very lonely. And that's where all these masterminds and, you know, accountable accountability meetings are so like powerful in helping you to keep moving forward long after you've felt like as though you've given everything. <laughs> yes. I so I totally agree. And and the thing that's awesome about this world is that we, like you and I can connect, we can yeah. share our story with so many people. They can connect with that because it is very lonely, you know, especially if you're pushing the limits of your future, right? If you're sure. making a new path or even if you're following a path that's tried and true, it's still unique for you. Your story yeah. is unique. So, I think it's so powerful to not only engage and listen in these conversations, but also 
find your tribe and really strengthen that tribe, right? Because we get to choose. We get to choose not only yes. what our beliefs are, but who gets to get into our mind. So there's so much good stuff there. And yeah. Lisa, I really love your podcast as well Thank because you. it's called the Level Up REI podcast. And That's I was right. blessed to be a guest <laughs> yes. on your podcast. And one of the things that I know that you and I both really share in terms of our love for doing this is observing patterns. You know, you observe patterns of what works, what doesn't work, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, what causes failure, what causes success. So could you tell me if you had to really think back to, you know, you've done almost what, 90 interviews or so at this point, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe almost a hundred. Yeah. What are yeah, some of the yeah. patterns that you've observed from your vantage point of investors leveling up? Yeah, totally. Um, never giving up. Um, willing to keep going long after it's no longer comfortable. Um, so not giving up that in the same vein, though, also some people who are able to pivot, who are comfortable, you know, understanding, being flexible on the way the plan unfolds, but certain on the vi- the bigger vision in terms mm. of what they're trying to create um, and knowing you know, coming from that place um, is so important. It's really hard though, I'll tell you, because when you're in the middle of everything, it's hard to know always what the universe is telling you is the next step to do. And sometimes you're just like, man, like, does, do you really want me to do that? Like, I don't know if I want to do that, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, being able to keep taking action Um, I would say people who keep taking action, like unwilling to, they're just not willing to give up and they're just, they just keep going. You know, many of the stories that have come across my show um, have those themes, you know, just people who relentless, they're just not giving up. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you spot it, you got it right. So you can integrate (laughs) that story in that attribute to your own life, right? To your own business. And you can be resilient. You can never give up yourself. And I know that that's what you're doing, but is there anything that you've noticed that the investors who you, you know, the people that who have created a ton of success and abundance Mm -hmm. in their life and they're continuing to grow and scale their business, they're leveling up. Is there anything that you've noticed that they don't do in particular? They don't try to do everything on their own. (laughs) <laughs> mm, yeah. So the ones who have been able to grow into very successful and large empires, I believe have adopted who not how, and they yes. play in their unique ability and they surround themselves with people who are playing in theirs. That is amazing. And you got to drop the mic on that because you know what, I, I tell you what, the book, who not how it came out several months ago. I tell you what, it's been mentioned on so many podcasts, so many different episodes, and it is, it's a clue, right? There's a clue and there's a clue for, for you. There's a clue for me. Mm -hmm. There's a clue for everybody listening is what are you doing that you shouldn't be doing? What is it Mm -hmm. that you're doing that you're playing small or you're being selfish on? Mm -hmm. And how are you holding yourself back? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but we were not taught this in school. We were not taught that, you know, it's about building a team or it's about Mm -hmm. sharing, you know, talents or leveraging each other, right? 
because um, there's just so much abundance in that. And there's so much more that's possible when right. you forget about the how. I mean, all the different steps, you know, we're not going to know how you mentioned it earlier. It's like you take the step and you'll find out the next step. Right. But you can let someone else find out the next step as well, which is beautiful. Is there anything else that you'd add to that? That's the key things I would say, like when I see very successful entrepreneurs, I would say that's definitely the key. The who, not how that principle, like if you get that in. Um, and just know that I think one other thing is like never giving up on your goals, um, because mm. sometimes it takes a while for you to figure out how to like get everything sort of done and to find all the who's. Yes. But if you I have seen things that I've put as a goal, I like I just trying to execute them all like in this week or whatever <laughs> week. And like, it just didn't happen, but like you keep showing up and it's like by the third week, fourth week, you're like literally doing it and you're doing all of the things and you found the people who to help you to get the stuff done. So like set the goals big, dream a bigger <laughs> dream <laughs> yes. because it's possible. It's, it's possible. so good. So good. And we don't worry about the how, right? We let yeah. bigger forces at play come together and other people be a part of that vision as well, which is so exactly. amazing. Exactly. Lisa, this has been so fun. I really, really appreciate <laughs> you. I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We sure. call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon, right? It's all about thinking big. It's all about facing your fears. It's all about sure. getting to the root of these limiting beliefs and blasting through that, continuing to take action, continuing to be resilient, continuing to ask big questions of yourself, such as who, not how, but I would love to ask you a few things. If you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Yeah. Um, the big leap, uh, that book helped me so much. Me too. <laughs> such a big shout out. Amazing book. <laughs> that one helped me so much. That is the book I read in preparation to leaving my job. It helped me to see when I was in those dark places. Um, and then the 12 week year has been instrumental in helping me, as I said, just a minute ago about the goals, like setting those goals and like, yeah, you might not make it this week, but next week you try again. And the week after you keep trying until you do make it and you will make it if you don't give up. So like, you just got to keep going. So those two are like by far the best. Yes. I, I love it. And uh, I love when he talked about the upper limit problem in the big leap. And oh, yeah. I highly recommend that book. I'll have to check out the 12 week year uh, myself, but man, the big leap is a life changer. There is, it's a total transformation experience. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to highly encourage that. We'll put links in the show notes where you can find both of those books. Um, but Lisa, aside from our discussion today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would say doing things outside of my comfort zone. So every day I'm pretty much these days, especially I'm always working on something that scares the crap out of me, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm still going forward and, you know, yeah, like embracing the unknowns of life and being open to continuing to learn because for me if i'm learning 
like I know that I'm elevating and being able to look back and be like, wow, like that stuff used to take me such a long time. And then now it doesn't. And like that then frees me up to even create bigger things and create more things that I would not have been able to do before. So, yeah. so true. So true. And learning is growing, right? We're either learning yes. or, we're, or we're dying. And I just think there's so much value in that and continuing to push forward, right? This is almost the theme of our conversation. It's so beautiful. Tell me what's yeah. the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Lisa? Yeah. So I would say the biggest way, couple things. Um, one is I love business strategy. <laughs> so I like being able to like, as I'm talking to someone, I can automatically get ideas of things that they could do, like in terms of business, like if they're running a business, like other things that they could do that could potentially help their client or they could do to like find out more ways they could serve their client base. So um, that's one of the ways I would say um, I'm able to like elevate other people. Um, and then, you know, continuing to just coach like in like indirect and unofficial coaching that happens. Um, a lot of people will reach out for just like thoughts on different things and being able to share that and sort of seeing that when they institute those kinds of things in their life, like my wham meeting, the, the people in my wham, like each of them confirmed like a day or so, or like the night before the, the meeting. So like the meeting was going to be on a Monday and I told them like, um, like the Monday before, like, Hey, I'm doing this, you know, I'd love for you to be a part of it. And like, like literally the Sunday night before the meeting, they, they messaged me, they're like, I'm in. So it's like, <laughs> you know, like these kinds of things that would not have happened if you didn't sort of make that outreach and how much they have been able to see so much growth in their lives. And by them showing up, it keeps me accountable for my own stuff. Lisa, so, yeah. I, I just want to give you a huge shout out. I want to acknowledge you in such a high capacity because your entrepreneurial spirit is amazing and your ability just to continue to move forward, your ability to smile, to have fun, to <laughs> learn, to grow, to continue to give that and share that with other people is such a beautiful thing. You are an amazing human being. You're an amazing investor. And I can't wait to see where our friendship continues to go. And uh, wow, I just really, really appreciate you taking time today and, and having this conversation with me. But is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Wow, I think we said a lot. Um, let me see, though. I think um, one thing that I would share is I would share two things with them. I would the first is what you don't know can you be your greatest asset if you let it because it ensures that you'll do things differently. Um, is the first one, and the second thing that I'll share here as well is it takes courage to discover, develop, and donate your genius to the world. Wow! So you have to be courageous, and you just got to keep going. Lisa Hilton, everybody, drop the mic. She's dropping the mic right now in front of our face. What an amazing conversation, Lisa! Thank you so much for being here, Elevate Nation. You can find Lisa at lisahilton.com. That's H-Y-L-T-O-N.com. You can also find her on Instagram, LinkedIn. Where else can yes. Elevate Nation find you, Lisa? 
Um, those are the, yeah, one-stop shop, lisahilton.com. That's Hilton, like the hotel, only thing with a Y. Um, and I do have a free ebook. Um, so given my funds experience and background and given all the funds that is the flurry, um, I've created a quick ebook, which is passively investing in real estate funds. What passive investors need to know. Um, so you can find that it's lisahilton.com forward slash funds. So F-U-N-D-S. Awesome. 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 Well, Lisa, thank you again for being on the show. Elevate Nation. Oh my goodness. Can you believe what just happened? Lisa, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. What a great episode with Lisa Hilton, such a genuine person. And I don't know about you, but she's inspiring me. And you know what? Sometimes we are reminded that this journey is not just us, right? We're not alone on this journey. If you feel lonely, if you feel scared and fearful, of challenges that you're facing, just know that you're not alone. And hopefully that this conversation encouraged you to continue to press forward, to continue to push beyond your fears and and towards your dreams. So I just want to encourage you to re-listen to the show. I want to encourage you to identify what are your top one, two, or three takeaways if you really want to be an overachiever. Maybe you go all the way to three, but if you have just a little bit of time, I'm sure you can take one takeaway that you can go ahead and apply to your life immediately. I want to encourage you to share this with a friend, share this with someone that you care about, someone that you appreciate, someone that maybe you just met and pay it forward because that's what it's all about. It's about paying it forward. It's about paying that fee. As we mentioned earlier, it's all about really giving this to someone else. And until next time, Elevate Nation, I want to encourage you to take massive action on what you learned today and have a phenomenal day. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.